What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast, brought to you, as always, by SorrySports.com. It's been a while, but Sean and I are back, and we went all around sports today. We talked NBA, we talked MLB, we talked golf, we talked college football. It was a jam-packed two-hour podcast. We hope you guys enjoy it. We will be back as soon as we can. Enjoy the pod. Follow us on Twitter at SorrySports, on Instagram, Sorry underscore sports. Check out the website, SorrySports.com, and enjoy the pod. Enjoy the weekend. Yes, sir. I miss you too. Hope all is well down south. Um, excited to be recording. It, it's been way too long. I feel like the last time we recorded was just at the beginning of the NBA playoffs. I think it was. I think like the Knicks played their first game, and yeah, that was like almost a month ago, I think. Yes, so, sir. It's been a while. Um, before we get into the sports, though... Um, Tom and I, we just want to wish a happy Juneteenth tomorrow. Um, federally observed holiday now in the United States of America. Obviously, been way too long. Everybody listening to the pod knows, you know, going back to last year, all of our conversations about everything going on. And we're nowhere necessarily closer to where we want to be, but this was a really good step in the right direction. And I hope whoever you are, uh, wherever you are, uh, pay some respects to, to this day because it's a monumental day in, um, in U.S. history and world history. Absolutely. Uh, good job by them for finally uh, honoring this holiday. Um, seems more monumental than it really should be because it should have been honored a lot, a lot earlier. But, hey, better late than never. Um should we get on Kamala Harris, though, for the Memorial Day tweet, or are we going to leave that be? <laughs> it was so long ago that we might want to let listen, that I'm, be. Because, listen, I'm all about fairness here. If you want to get on somebody too. for doing something right, let's get on somebody for doing something wrong. I know you and I are, uh, we lean a little more towards the, uh, the liberal side on certain things, but people do sacrifice their lives for this country, you know? Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't great. Um, One thing that I found very interesting in learning about uh, once the Biden administration announced that they were federally observing this day as a uh, national holiday. Do I get any time uh, off for this or no? Well, tomorrow's a Saturday, so probably not. Um, Going forward, though, yeah, I I believe that it's going to be like all the other ones. Um, You know, it's going to be up to certain companies to whether they want to acknowledge it and decide it or not, but it's going to be in all the calendars. But um, being down in Texas now, this is a very important day here. It's kind of because they were ga- down in Galveston was when the news finally broke to every African-American down there and all the slaves down there that the North had won the war. They were the last place to know about it. So Texas has treated it as kind of a state holiday for a really long time. And there's like a parade, I guess, down um, 
uh, downtown Austin tomorrow, which I think is pretty cool. I didn't know anything about that, but it makes sense seeing as how they were the last group uh, of, of people to finally get news that, that slavery was abolished and that the North had won the war. So it's a big deal down here, um, which is interesting because a year ago when I was up there with you still, um, I hadn't really known anything about it yeah. know, until like three years prior. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to be honest, it's really not, you know, obviously you learn about the Civil War in U.S. history, but you don't really learn about that part. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of people don't even know what Juneteenth is. I, we, I think we talked about it last year, man, when we were recording during this time. I I didn't know about it until I think it was like 2017 or 2018 was the first time I heard about it. And I was a history major for my first degree. <laughs> Yeah, Sean. I mean, that's on you, bro. Listen, I'm a, I was a marketing major, and neither <laughs> of us, by the way, are putting those degrees to work. So, no, not shout at all, out to just, the American education system. There you go. But it just like you know, that's the point, though. Is is all in that focus is how I wasn't. That was not even a footnote in textbooks. And uh, as far as hey, we're gonna spend time going over this uh, this day where it was really officially ended. Um, it's mind-boggling to me yeah there's that's the tip of the iceberg there's a lot of mind-boggling things still going on in this world um haven't heard from you from our boy trump recently uh which is nice but i think he's got something cooking definitely always does always does i think he plans to be sworn back in by in august however the hell that might happen but we're not going to talk about that just wanted to throw that out there, um, you know, as the podcast is going to drop tomorrow um, on June 19th. But anyway, man, it, we are long overdue to talk sports. There's a million things going on, and I'm going to let the CEO decide. Where do we want to start? Um, listen, we both love the NBA. Let's lead off with the NBA. It is the, uh, it's the playoffs for the NBA, so jump right in. I'm going to get this out of the way quickly, Sean. Um mm-hmm. Because it happened, what the NBA playoffs, by the way, they need to condense it or make it closer together. It is a slog and a half because the Knicks played like the Knicks made the playoffs, believe it or not, and they were a, a four seed and they played like their last game, what feels like a month ago. Yeah, it does feel like a long time ago. Um, the Knicks were completely overmatched. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks are a thousand times better. Trey Young is a true villain now. Um, and Julius Randle was an absolute sieve. Yeah, he was. Um, I mean, at least you're getting a little vindication in this second round, seeing what Atlanta's been able to now push Philly to a game seven, and we'll talk about that soon. But yeah, honestly, I Philly's in was, trouble. Yeah, although they got a huge win on the road tonight in desperation. But going back to your Knicks. It does go to show the difference in regular season and postseason, though, right? And I think the I Knicks mean, especially style... this season, uh, right. more than any other season, because the Knicks were just—I mean, there were games where you could clearly tell just by the scores and just offense overall this year that teams were taking a lot of nights off, especially on the defensive end. And the Knicks didn't take a single play off, which obviously I love. But when you don't have a creator, a true creator. Because Julius Randle clearly isn't that, uh, and you you don't have a guy to get you a bucket because Derrick Rose is on his last legs playing fucking twenty two minutes in the regular season, and then obviously Thibodeau runs him into the ground at thirty eight minutes a game uh, in the postseason. 
the Knicks were just completely outclassed and overmatched. I was happy to see a playoff series. I was happy to see a win at the Garden. This team was more fun than any other mellow team that was there. I got to be honest with you. Um, but they got they got some work to do in this rebuild. That's that's the bottom line. It's the bottom line, and I think that's a really good way to look at it. And I think it's the way you should look at it. I mean. In the way the NBA is currently constructed, generally teams that make their first playoff run, the nucleus of that team is not the team that's going to end up being a championship-level team. And we see that, obviously, with the Nets. All those players that were really fun, I mean, almost none of them are there anymore other than Joe Harris, who he's, is having a, a business I heard series, a lot of but- Nets comps to this Knicks team, and I have to say, I mean, obviously you guys went out and got the three superstars, um, and, and you're, uh, listen, I'm crossing my fingers that they don't make it to the championship, but you're, you're on the cusp of it right now. But that Nets team, this Knicks team is better than that Nets team was with D'Lo. Let's face facts. Well, that was an eight seed. The Knicks, I think are a little bit further ahead. They were a six. They were a six. But what it goes to show the is the first like year they were an eight seed from what I remember. And then they made the playoffs no, the second lo- year. No, they lost to Philly. They were a six. They were an eight last year. Well, we were a four seed. Right. No, but what what I'm trying to say is the comps are is that you know you fall in love with these young players and, and the players that took that took those next steps and they're all gone because you had an opportunity to acquire superstars and that's where you know we're going to start looking at the Knicks now that they've gotten their feet wet they've rebranded themselves there's people in that front office that other players and 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 uh, you know talent across the league is looking at same with the coach obviously Tibbs. There's now a situation with the Knicks that is attractive, and there's going to be a lot of disgruntled superstars. There's going to be a lot of movement in the NBA, not only this offseason, but in the few years to come. And the Knicks are in a prime position to poach any of those guys and pounce on some of the players that are in circumstances where either they or the team aren't in a good spot. So Absolutely. This current iteration of the Knicks is not going to be the one that gets you to a title. So don't fall too in love with the young players, even though they were really fun and exciting this year. They might be part of packages to move. I want to say this about Julius Randle, and I know you're going to agree, and I want to hear you talk about it too because he's your boy, Julius Russell. You were calling him all year. Yeah, I took that name back. He, I think it's very unfair for Knicks fans to criticize him for being put in the position he was in to be something that he's not. Listen, He didn't I... have a good series. But if you're asking Julius Randle to be the number one player on a team that wins a postseason series, that is not realistic. I completely agree with you, but he was there's a he was first of all, he was the most improved player in the NBA. And he did not play to the level that he should that he should have played at all. He was terrible. Awful. He was. He I was. mean, if you you watch those games, he was awful. And did I expect him? to carry this team to beat that Hawks team, especially after seeing them and seeing what they're doing to the Sixers? Absolutely not. But he was terrible. Like, yeah, and I think very the two bad. can be different. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I do not. I never see Julius Randle as a 
number one player. I never see Julius Randle as the best player in a championship team. At best, I think he's the third best player if they have a really good team around him and two other superstars. Because he's not even a superstar. He's just a star. But he was terrible. And that leads me into my next point, my final next point, which is we're going to talk about this more in the offseason, but I just want to get it off my chest now. Let this dude play out his last year of his contract. Do not throw a max deal at him. No, I think you can play it out because you have the flexibility to do so. And you can try to see what it's like if you can acquire another top player or two yeah. this offseason. I mean, there's really so much, there is so much, so many disgruntled, apparently, quote unquote, we don't know what the truth is anymore, stars in the NBA. I mean, you look at what's going on in Dallas and then the rumblings going around in, uh, in New Orleans. I mean, hey, Zion and Luka could be on this team tomorrow, for all we know. Obviously, that's got, not going to be the case, but... Yeah, well, you know, you, you see Kemba get traded today. I thought he was a piece that the Knicks could possibly Kemba get. Kemba traded not- for a straight bag of basketballs. <laughs> exactly. But there's going to be guys. I mean, you got the Portland situation. They were a first-round exit. A lot of Bradley coaching Beals openings situation, as well. A lot of coaching opportunities and, and openings there's there's going to be a lot of movement in the nba this year because there's some teams that have gotten stagnant and i don't believe that based off the moves that they're making that they think the current scenario is going to lead to a title so the knicks are going to be in prime position because of the salary cap because of some of the young assets that they're going to be able to acquire some guys i think i i totally agree with you there's no reason to throw a max at randall right now bring in some more talent so he doesn't have to be the best player and let him actually slide into the role of being that scoring kind throwing, of playmaker. Throwing Randall and Max right now is such like a old Nixie regime move. Right. No, I agree with you. I, I think if they do it, I don't know how you can paint it as a positive. Not after that series. I mean, if you locked him up, I, I, I can't sit here and tell you that. I wouldn't be ecstatic if right before the playoff series started they locked him up. I probably would have been happy, but now, no. You let him play it out, you're patient, and you see how this goes. You have him under contract, you have the ability to give him more money than anywhere else. He's in New York, he wants to re-sign with you guys. Let's see what we got with him next year. Let's keep that cap flexibility. And we will talk about the rest of the league. I just wanted to mention it in the offseason because we're going to talk about teams that are actually playing, and one team that isn't playing because they played so well that they swept. Oh, the Phoenix Suns? Uh, sorry, taking a sip of water there. Not the Phoenix Suns, my Phoenix Suns. I had to there hose you my, go. I had to hose myself down there. Really I was going to say, you didn't even finish the team. I'm like, you're talking about the Suns. I didn't hear from you. I was like, wait, wait, who else? I think we yeah. all knew. All right, let's start in the Eastern Conference. That game was played today. Let's just break down Philly and the... I don't even, do we call them upstart Atlanta Hawks? Jeez, they're more than that, that's for sure. Trey Young is an really animal. Good. He is, and John Collins has been great. Bogdanovich has had a really good postseason. This team is good, man. This team is really good. You know, to be honest, when I saw that DeAndre Hunter was hurt, not playing, and not 100%, I thought the series was all but over. Uh, we saw that historic comeback, or... If you want to look at it, that's glass half full from the Atlanta side or choke job. If you want to look at it, glass half empty from the Philly side. Listen, we'll talk about Atlanta briefly. Trey Young is on another level right now, playmaking wise, getting into the lane, literally doing whatever he wants against what uh, uh, two All NBA defenders, right? Yeah, 
all NBA first team and all NBA second team and Tybal and um and Simmons. Um but I mean I think this I think this series tells more about Philly than it does Atlanta. Listen, Philly's the team with all the pressure on them. And this is a team that had the number one seed in, in a very top heavy Eastern Conference and, and kudos to them for landing that. But this Blowing a 25-point lead. You wouldn't think that there was any pressure on them. No, but that was – they did not nearly to that extent, but they blew, I think, a big lead in game they did. three or four. They did. I think they were Atlanta. up like 14, something like yeah, that. Double digits. With like six minutes left. So <laughs> it's it was unfolding before our eyes again, and the same problem – and I don't want to make – what I'm saying sounds so simple because there's obviously a lot of other complexities that go into it, but Simmons and Embiid together, you see stretches where they just don't make any sense on the court together. And Simmons' inability to do anything offensively other than drive and and get to the rim and pass, he can't do anything, especially make free throws. This is a very big liability for this team, and when they're struggling, I mean, what was it in Game 5? You had only Embiid and Seth Curry, those were the only two players to score over a 24-minute stretch of basketball. How is that even possible in the playoffs, especially by a number one seed? Yeah, you give Tobias Harris, we'll shit on him first, the max, and he just looks like he's doing a Paul George impression um, in the when it comes to playoff time. Had a great year this year, and he just shrinks every time there's a big moment. And you know what? You're right. Simmons and Embiid aren't good together, but I think this is a Simmons problem. And for you, you should, you're coming up roses because, you know, you look like a genius when you go back to your point that you've been making since we started this pod that you can't win a championship with your big man as your best player because Embiid's getting his numbers. Embiid's killing it defensively, but it doesn't matter when you don't have a guy outside that can create for you. And I mean, they could really use a guy like Chris Paul, and I think they could have had him. Them and Milwaukee, who we'll talk about soon enough, too. I mean, Simmons, I just look Simmons at needs Simmons needs a change of scenery, change of jersey, change of everything. He Simmons just needs, needs to change. Go, Simmons needs to go to a team where offense is not something that that team really needs, but they need a playmaker Portland. and a dynamic defender. I was going to say Golden State. <laughs> I don't know if Golden State has the guns to trade that they're willing to trade. I, yeah. I said willing. I said willing. I think. I, I think because who are they going to trade? Wiseman? Why do you? Philly doesn't want a big man. Well, no. The the thing that you could depending do depending if is, they get that nice pick. You could do a sign and trade with Ubre. Ubre for Simmons. Damn, his U- value well, has no, fallen. No, Ubre the. Probably Minnesota pick as long as it's not a top three pick. That pick is going to Golden State. So you throw him, you know, as high as number four. Mm-hmm. And plus Wiseman, who's really at that point just an asset. And with Embiid being out so often, this is a guy that you could really groom into a nice young player for you and you don't have to sign the guys. I know he's had a nice year, but another Dwight Howard. And you can learn from Embiid as far as offensive moves. I don't think that's the worst trade in the world for Philly. Now, the problem only there is is if, if you're Philly, 
in a team that's probably going to be looking still to win now, do you want to use, you know, a number four or five or six overall pick in the draft? Nah, if you're, if you're Philly in this situation, you need guys that are proven, which right. is why I think Portland's a little more feasible if you do a Rocco and a, and a McCollum. But honestly, Simmons trade value-wise, that might be too much because, I mean, McCollum has trouble staying on the court, but when he's on the court, he's 10 times better of a player than Simmons is, and I don't even care about the defense. It's an offensive league. It's an offensive league. Simmons is an interesting case because I don't – I wonder what it is around the league, and, you know, when you and I are actually – we're, we're dominating this podcast and have intel uh, and we can talk to GMs. I would like to know what the overall consensus is on, on Ben Simmons right now. Is it that you think that he's a diminished asset and that you can maybe not have to pay the premium you thought you were going to have to pay a year or two ago? Or is it just, hey, listen, he's just not a good fit on this team and the Sixers should kind of hold us for ransom and we're going to have to give up a big package to get him. I don't know, man. He is bad. He has just been bad. He is a zero on uh, once you cross half court. If it's he not is, on a fast it, break and it's not playing defense, he is a zero. Not he's not even a zero because the game he plays, he's a negative. He doesn't spread it out, which would really help Embiid. He doesn't cut. He doesn't do anything on offense when he's not running with his head down at full speed on a fast break. I guess my retort to that is when Embiid is spotting up at the top of the key looking to then make the play and become the facilitator or the prime offensive weapon what the hell is Simmons supposed to do at that point because then you're saying but I think I he's think he's supposed to do you're not letting him do I understand that but I think the reason why Embiid is doing that is because he's trying to spread it out and give Simmons a little more room but Simmons just doesn't fucking cut to the basket even at this point it's almost like James Harden without the ball, except, I mean, James Harden is one of the greatest offensive players of all time. I'm just talking about when they don't have the ball in their hands when he was in Houston, where it was right. like, okay, if James Harden doesn't have the ball, he's just going to stand in the corner with his hands on his knees. Well, and that's why you know Chris Paul and Russ never worked for him, and why you see him in Brooklyn, and why Kyrie said, hey, this is you, you play point guard, because that is when he's at his best. He's not a spot-up you know, kick it to the corner and let me shoot. Kind no, of but guys. you know what? He can be, especially on a Brooklyn Nets team. Simmons can't. Simmons' hands on his knees is a negative. He's it's literally yeah. four on five out there. Oh, and that's why, even though it won't happen, I think a situation like Golden State would be perfect for him because you could get Steph and Clay off the ball. You could take pressure off of them. You could let Simmons just completely dominate the I, ball. I, I completely agree with you. Death and Clay run off those screens that they do oh so well. I completely I agree with you, happen. absolutely, but it's just the assets that Golden State is willing to give up. Is Daryl Morey really willing to do a, I don't know, three- to five-year rebuild around no. Embiid, who is a, no. who, who already every time that he makes a misstep, you think his career is over? No, they have to... They have to fix this on the fly. That's why they can't lose. Exactly, which is why I love your Golden State deal. I think it works for both teams in premise, but it's it would only work if they were willing to do a, a mini rebuild. And, right. And for them to, I mean, I would a team, another team I would love to see them in, but I don't think they have the pieces again. Is Utah? Let mm. Mitchell let Mitchell play off the ball. He's been in great spot up shooting. 
Um, and then he can also take over when needed. He's a shot maker and a shot creator. And, and let that defense, I mean, they'd be the best defensive team by a mile. Nobody could go in the paint, and Ben Simmons guards the best player on the other team. They would be insane, but they don't have the pieces to give up. I don't really see a destination for him. Maybe New Orleans? I, I don't know. Maybe maybe yeah. a Brandon Ingram for a, for a... But then also, that kind of stifles Zion's ability, which you saw with Steven Adams this year, to for, get into the paint and do his crazy shit whenever he can. No, he has to be somewhere where he is able to just facilitate and play. Hey, come to the Knicks, not... baby. Yeah, I, I, shit, man. If you can make, if you can get a couple scores and watch him in the open floor, you'll fall in love with him in no time. As, yeah. And Randall won't have to be that kind of clog the middle kind of guy any, anymore. Um, RJ Barrett would have to be involved in that deal. I can't have that many lefties on the team. <laughs> One is more than enough, right? Two, two tops, two tops. Yeah, it's it's fascinating, man. I mean, they did push to Game Seven, and they'll be at home behind the Philly faithful. I know that's where they lost that Game me, Five, but give me a prediction. Philly wins. Yeah, I think Philly wins. I got to ride with my boys. I I told you I got them going to the finals. I do not feel great about that pick, currently constituted. Um, but I got to ride with them. Philly's gonna win this game. Uh, great year for Atlanta. We're talking about them as if they already lost, but what a year. Would it surprise you at all, though, if Atlanta actually No, not at all. Not okay. at all. I could see Trey getting 45 and 12 assists and, and playing an extremely efficient game, having like two turnovers. Bogdanovich left today after that skirmish uh, with Embiid and Collins. He, he hurt his knee, so we'll have to see how mm. if that's something that's a really big deal or if it's just a, hey, you know, a little treatment and he'll be able to play Sunday. Yeah, I'm going to pick Philly because they're the home team and in the NBA playoffs, home teams win game sevens a lot. And they're the, better, not, they're the better seed. I, would, I don't even know if they're the better team. Yeah, but I, I just wouldn't be shocked. This Atlanta team, they have they went into the garden and you saw it firsthand what they did and then what they've done into Philly. They punked Philly twice. Two of their two of their three wins have been in Philadelphia, including that awesome comeback slash choke job on uh, Wednesday night. So if I'm Doc Rivers, if I'm Doc Rivers, I'm going down with my best player Embiid. I'm mucking up this game. I'm slowing it down, and I'm saying Simmons, just get the fuck out of the way and play a two man game with him and Curry because they're the only two guys that don't seem like absolute pussies in this series. What a game by Curry tonight, too, by the way. Oh, hell of a trade. Five threes, six threes, whatever it was. The, he had, he had I think, 14 in the, first, in the second quarter. The offense runs through him and Embiid in Game 7. Everybody else stay out of the way. Tobias Harris, if it, let, call me before the game and let me know if you're going to show up to this game and actually be who you're <laughs> supposed to be, a max player. If not, stay home. You know, Tobias Harris is interesting because... You see a lot of what Julius Randle could be as a ma- if you give him the max, right? A guy where on certain nights it's like, I don't know how anyone matches up with him. If you catch Tobias Harris on the right night or in the right Yeah, you want to know the, the right night for Tobias Harris? It's a back-to-back on a random Tuesday in February when he gets you 35. It ain't in the hey. playoffs. He played well in that Washington series. You gotta yeah, be, so you did gotta- I. You didn't see me out there? Fucking Washington series. Next. All right, fine. <laughs> Just saying. He played well. I'm okay. not I'm, I don't love Tobias Harris. I'm saying though that, that 
that is what Julius Randle could be if you give him the max. There's nights where he's going to play really well, and even in playoff games, you're going to be tantalized by him. But then but your second-best player can't right. be Ben Simmons. Right. So there you go. All right, let's talk about we're staying in the Eastern Conference. Let's talk about your hobbled netters. Um, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, what did he have, 42 two games ago? He had 49? 49, 15, and 10. Uh, what a game. Steve Nash gave him a hug. I think if, uh, honestly, if COVID wasn't still lurking, he would have kissed him. I would have kissed him regardless, to be honest. Totally agree. Um, I, I can't wait to get down there and kiss you. Michaela actually asked me today where I want to go because we want to take a couple of trips. And I said, I'd, I really want to get down to Austin and I want to see yeah, you. Yeah, buddy. Hell yeah, man. I, I would, get you both down here. It'd be great to see you. Yeah, I, I really, I think maybe in the fall, um, after work slows down and whatnot, I, I would love to take, you know, a four or five day trip down there, bring the sticks down. Oh, um, yeah. We'll, and we'll play a few rounds and you it'll, meet it'll Michaela, be great. It would be, it would be a hell of a time. You could, you could It'd really nice show us her. your city, you know? Yeah, man, for sure. I got, I think I told you that I got my brother down here like a month and a half oh. ago and it was, uh, he was only here for a quick turnaround weekend, but he got to see it and every, you know, I'm learning more about the city myself so I can be a better tour guide. But yeah, I haven't even met Michaela yet. So yes, absolutely. The CEO of the CEO. <laughs> that's right. Listen, that's why things are working. If you can acknowledge that. <laughs> absolutely. But, uh, yeah, get you down here. And even when I can't do much, you guys explore some of the city together. It's, it's a good time down here. I can't wait, man. But, uh, to get back into the series, I mean, listen, I didn't want to win this way with two of your Bane guys going out, but that's the only way Milwaukee is going to win this series. That team is another team that's in trouble offensively. Um, Drew Holiday needs to step the fuck up, um, but I, I got to give somebody credit on this team. First of all, Giannis is playing really efficiently. We know his, um, I guess, setbacks would be the word. Um but Chris Middleton has been a dog. And he was, well, to me, he was in that Tobias Harris category of doesn't show up in the playoffs, but I'm eating my words on that one. Well, that's a good comp, too. Um, I think him and Harris are similar in that regard. You oh, give me Chris surprised. Middleton all day, though, baby. Yeah, well, you weren't saying that in games one and two. He True. was awful. He was awful. I mean, the Nets weren't even really collapsing on him, and he was just throwing up bricks. But once the little bit of that rock fight that was Game 3 evolved, he made some big shots. That rock fight, rock fight, boulder fight, that setback basketball about 800 years. And I really, and I knew you knew this because I think we were texting about it. I, I, there was some good defense played on both ends, sure, but that was just a clinic of missed shots on both sides. Yeah, so many wide open good looks that neither team. Could are make. you a question? Are you going to Joe Harris's memorial service? Oh my god, because <laughs> he must be Dude, dead. <laughs> he he he's not only dead, but he's haunting his own team from the grave. I mean. Like, I'm watching last night, right, game six, and then we'll kind of do a little deeper dive on the series. But last night, he doesn't make a three until, like, eight minutes remaining in the third quarter. In the process, in his playing time, he fouled a guy shooting a three three times, including Middleton, who got a four-point play on one of them. That's like great school fundamentals. 
and I'm, and each time I'm like, dude, you play all the time. You're a regular starter, and quite frankly, his defense I thought this year good. took another level. Plus, in that Boston series, he played good defense. He's a fundamentally like good player. I don't know what the fuck's happening. It's kind of like that baseball player that is a is a good fielder, and then they don't hit for a while, and they take it out into their defense, and they're making errors left and right. That's what it looks like with Joe Harris right now. Yeah, man, I I just think he's lost. Uh, Maybe he needs to have a sit-down convo. Honestly, maybe they need to have a classic, um, who's the football player? Who's the football bullying guy? Richie Incognito. But James Harden needs to be Richie Incognito and have a nice team meeting in a strip club. In a gentleman's club, excuse me. Right, well, they're going to be upscale about it. But (laughs) this is, for sure, I mean, probably the biggest reason the Nets don't have this series won. And I don't want to say that shit, man, Joe Harris is the reason this series isn't over. But it kind of is. Because with Kyrie hurt and Harden missing pretty much all of game one, two, three, four, and he's hurt playing on one hamstring. Joe Harris, you got a big contract extension. And you're not just a three-point shooter. Like, that's obviously what his calling card is, but he's not just that if you watch the NBA. No, he's like a Kevin, he's like a almost, Kevin Herter is better than him. Yes. But, but it's that kind of, that's that vibe. He's, he's a shooter. Whenever he touches the ball in a pickup game, you yell shooter, but he can put it on the deck. He's not going to dunk on you like Kevin Herter is, but he can put it on the deck and pass it a little bit too. Yeah, he can. And he's not doing anything. Plus, he's as we mentioned, his defense has gotten better, and his defense has been awful in this series. And he's a complete minus to the point where, I mean, Durant, think about this, right? That Game 5 win, the Nets were down as many as 20, I think, or 19. At one point, they come storming back. If it wasn't for one of the greatest playoff performances of all time, in addition to Jeff Green scoring 28 and Blake Griffin scoring 17, if Durant puts up 40, Green puts up 20, and Griffin puts up 13, the Nets lose easily. Yeah, absolutely, man. And that goes to show how important Harris is, and the fact that he's not only not making shots, but he's committing these terrible fouls on defense. i, I got to tell you, man, I, I, I think they'll win Game 7, if you want my prediction early. I think they win because they're home. I think the home crowd is going to be a big deal. The Nets, no team, both regular season and postseason, between these two teams has lost a po- uh, has lost a home game. But I'm nervous as shit. Yeah, I hear you. You can't duplicate these transcendent performances. Milwaukee right now is the healthier, better team. I, I agree with you. I think the Nets will win at home. I think it comes down to the best player on the floor is Kevin Durant. And I think Steve Nash, given he has a much lesser team right now, but he is a much better coach than Budenholzer, even given the lack of experience that he has. Uh, I I love Steve Nash as your coach. That was an amazing hire. Um, Here's the only way the Bucs win is if Harden plays, which I think he will, right, Sean? He's playing, yep. I, he wasn't I, even on the injury. The only today. way is if Drew Holiday has like twenty five plus, and mm-hmm. just absolutely says, I, "I don't care if Harden's guarding me or not. I'm going to get him in a pick and roll. I'm going to get him every time I got him, and I am going to attack that hamstring. You can't move side to side. Sorry, this is the playoffs. I am going to murder you." 
Now, here's a question for you, because one thing that was different in Game 6 last night than was the case in Games 3 and 4 was I think Giannis might have figured out how to play basketball better. <laughs> because he, there were a few times last night where he had open threes, open jump shots, and he kind of let the game take to him, and he either passed it out to Middleton, who wasn't missing, or he was able to get a mismatch, throw the ball out, get it back, and then just play bully ball inside. Did you take that away from last night, too? And Do you think that will translate to Game 7? Or was it just because he was comfortable at home and now he's got to go on the road and he might just have a different mindset? I hear you on that and I agree with it. I don't think it's going to happen in Game 7 because I think he's going to try and fall back into that hero ball thing. He just needs to stop listening. Who fucking... He's not Ben Simmons. He is absolutely not a zero on the offensive end. Um, But he can't shoot, so don't. Yeah, and don't let... If it's the first quarter... And there's three seconds left on the shot clock, and you're wide open. Take the shot and keep the defense honest. But, you know, if I'm Coach Bud, who he literally looks like he's on a straight bender. Like, he does, like, oh honestly. Oh, my God. I, I got to be honest. I've called a couple times out, like, the, the AA line and just said, like, you need to take a look <laughs> at this guy. I think he's, like, not okay right now. But if I'm him, I'm saying, like, listen, man, I don't ever want to see you take a three if there's double digits on the shot clock again get the ball out swing it around get better position cut i don't fucking care what you do i don't want you taking a shot outside of the paint with less than eight with excuse me with more than eight seconds on the shot clock i agree totally i don't know if he has and i'm also pulling drew holiday to the side and i'm saying what the fuck is going on you should be murdering harden right now like bloody murder Oh, yeah, for sure. It, it's not even a contest. I mean, you want to talk about a zero on defense. I mean, Harden can't do anything. I mean, he's given his he best just to get down there and He sucked at defense, and now it's... <laughs> yeah. I he mean, sucked before because he didn't care. Now he just is legitimately very hurt. Yeah, no, he, and you even see when he's trying to get rebounds, like he's just tipping the ball to, like, Durant or Claxton or mm-hmm. Griffin. It's just a little like, tip drill, sticking the, sticking the middle finger up, just trying to get it. Right, instead of being what he normally is, which is a 13 rebound a night yeah, kind of guy. throw that body but, into him and go up and get it. But, you know, this isn't – hang with me on this comp because it, the two kind of players, they're not stylistically anything similar. But there are players in the league where you actually want to see them make a shot if you're, the, if you're rooting for the other team to see them make a few shots early because they're going to give them false confidence. And I think very similarly of Giannis that I felt about Marcus Smart. If they make a three or two or their first oh, couple love shots that. go in, love that idea. I love that because now it's in their head that they can make them. And as the game progresses, you know they're just not going to continue to Absolutely. make those shots. If I told you, you know, would you rather Giannis not take a single shot outside of the paint except for low shot clock or he takes like – five to ten shots early in the shot clock even if they go in you're going to take it ten out of ten times of course every time, every time. absolutely because even and if anybody who watches the game it'll be like even in that boston series i think it was game four when the nets after losing game three were down quick and early smart hit i think three threes in a row and 
he starts feeling like, himself. I was like, great. Like, that's perfect because now he's going to want to take over and please let him feel that way. I felt that way about Giannis. And you know what the high. other thing is? If Giannis has 55 points and he has five threes in the game, you know what? You weren't going to win that game anyways. He pulled it out no of his way. ass. All-time performance. You know, thanks for coming. But that, you're okay losing that way. What are the chances of that happening? You'd rather that than Giannis have fucking... 35 40 points and they're all in the paint right i mean and the troubling thing is obviously for the Nets' standpoint is they don't have anybody to to try to match the physicality no. of this blake's been doing his his damnedest he he's been good and the thing about him and green is they're very fundamentally strong they'll draw their charges on Giannis because Giannis they, he'll he'll think he can kind of bitch them and and reality they're in good defensive spots where they'll get the charge i think the calls in this series and i think the refs have been pretty consistent with it i i thought the nets have gotten more calls at home and i thought the bucks have gotten more calls at home and that's kind of how it goes in the nba i think they wanted a game seven and now you you're you're gonna put refs in positions especially with how much contact Giannis draws and how much contact i think durant's gonna draw tomorrow night and harden too you're going to put the refs in a position to say, okay, who, not that they're, you know, you don't have the 2002 Tim Donahue situation, but <laughs> there's going to be a situation where, I wish okay, we did. I'm losing Durant, a lot of money. Right. Yeah, exactly. Who's going to get, who's going to get the calls tomorrow night? Who's going to get the calls that put more free? I mean, the Nets this series have not shot a lot of free throws. Now, Kevin Durant does own. not get the same respect of a LeBron or a Michael Jordan or, these all-time greats, and it's crazy. But he also doesn't bitch. No, he he, he jaws plenty, but he's just not that kind of player because he'll just sh- kill you jump shooting. I mean, he had 49 points shooting 70% from the field. He's probably... Is he the greatest offensive player ever? He's the best pure scorer I've Yeah, ever. thank you for correcting me on that. Because Jordan you. had that, Larry. Kobe had that, Larry had that. I mean, you look at guys like Shaq in his prime was the most dominant offensive force I've ever seen. Because at the time in which the you know NBA was played, the center was a focal point still. You get the ball to him and no one could stop him. LeBron, I think, is right up there. Magic, but just from a pure scoring standpoint. I mean, it's effortless for him. How do you score 49 points shooting over 70% from the field. Yeah. He was like 19 of 30. Extremely efficient, incredible player, first ballot Hall of Famer, probably a top 15 player. Side note on LeBron before we move on to the Western Conference, don't give me this shit that you voted for this season. Stop bitching. You look like this is why MJ's the GOAT. Yeah. No, it's bad. And – if you look at some of the injuries, too, they're not even... Pro- I mean, Harden, I think, is a product of it because he's never hurt, and the hamstring, I think, was just uh, Maybe Harden there. shouldn't have fucking came into, came into the Nets uh, in this Houston in the first place, 7 million pounds over, uh, out of shape. <laughs> no, but you, you see my point, though. Like, I mean, that's yeah. a guy that doesn't have a track record of being hurt, but, you know, the Kyrie injury, he, he fell on Giannis's foot. I mean... Chris Paul has COVID. Kawhi banged knees with somebody. Like these are not products of soft tissue injuries that would manifest with, you know, very limited rest. It's these are these things would happen if these guys had four hundred games off. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The last thing I want to do and get from your standpoint is 
Can we just talk about the Giannis free throw shooting dilemma real fast before we move on to the West? It, this is this is painful. Yeah, I don't know who originally pointed because I'm sure he's not the only player that takes his time shooting free throws. Genius move on whoever on the Nets pointed it out um, because now it's become a, a complete theme. I mean, Harden going crazy. Uh, oh yeah. Well, maybe la- uh, last night and. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if I were him, I, I would just don't even have a routine. Just treat it as if it were a jump shot. The ref bounces you the ball and you shoot it. Work on that after the game, you know what I mean? Just have the ball boy or whoever fucking bounce you the ball and just shoot it. Just throw it up there because your routine ain't working, buddy. No, and that's the that's the biggest issue I have with it is it's not just the fact that it takes forever and it's 13, 14 seconds yeah, and, and that way, feels like an hour, by the way. It it does. The refs can't call it because if you call it once, you have to literally call it every time. So they're they're boxed into it. They can't start calling it now. Imagine. Yeah. Well, it would fuck him completely up. But the biggest issue I have with it is at least if you're going to do this. Let's drill him. Make your fucking free throws. I mean, the guy's shot. I mean, I think he had six of ten last night. He was a little bit better. But I think he's I mean, definitely aren't even hitting the rim. I mean, listen, don't don't get me wrong. I never thought he was a dead-eye shooter, but I think he's really regressed as a free-throw shooter. Oh, there's no question. And it's in his head now, too, for sure. Yeah, I love the head games, man. You know I love cheaters, and you know I love uh, a little bit of gamesmanship. I mean, it, it's legitimately painful to watch. Him and Ben Simmons both go to the free-throw line. It is painful to watch. It is, especially because those are either the best or second best player on those two teams that are top three seeds in this conference. I mean, you can't have them on the floor late. They don't make, they can't make free throws and they yeah. want no part of them either. Yeah. And you mentioned Shaq and that's the only reason why I wouldn't put Shaq up there with the all time greats is because for the last four minutes of the game, if you wanted to hack a Shaq, he was unplayable and these two were unplayable as well. Well, the problem at that point, though, is he had already fouled out half your team and yeah. you had 50. <laughs> yeah. they, so, they are not doing that. So so that's why I'll keep him there. Anyway, man, uh, it'll be interesting tomorrow. Um, you got the Nets, I got the Nets. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be close, though. I agree with you. I, I mean, the keys to victory for uh, for Milwaukee is attack attack, uh, attack Harden at all costs. Whoever, whoever he's guarding, swing them the ball. And Giannis, do not take a shot outside of the paint if there is double digits left on the shot clock. If I'm coaching the team, for and the Drew Nets, Holiday show up. Yeah, and, and for the Nets, it's just let the offense flow through KD, play good defense, and I think the rest will take care of itself. You're gonna need, unfortunately, you're gonna need a rando um, to step up like Jeff Green did. And yeah. I don't know who that is for you guys. We're going to have to find out. Maybe maybe Landry Shamet emerges. I, I don't know. Shamet? Whatever. I'm not going to pronounce his name right until he starts hooping again. Well, yeah, and they've kind of taken him out of the rotation. But, you know, he's not getting a lot of run. Well, I agree. I, mean, I don't know. Be... I mean, he's a 3 and D guy. Joe Harris apparently is a 3 and D guy. Who's? I haven't seen a 3 or a D. Yeah, no, <laughs> you haven't seen either. Uh, that I wish we could have drops because that was a good one on your, on your part. But yeah, somebody, we could, somebody. but they'll be all of you. It'll be you referring to David Stern, R.I.P. as the uh, as the commissioner, as the active commissioner. Yeah, that <laughs> I'm sure he's loving final. this playoffs. Uh, shut the fuck up. And the uh, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, despite all the names you've gotten wrong. But hey, yeah, man, I agree. Hey, with you. I never, I never got a coach or a player that has been deceased for years wrong. I'll have to look back, <laughs> uh, but no. Anyway, let's we can go get to the, the West. secretary on that one. Yeah, let's head over well, to yeah, the. Yeah, where is the secretary? Let's <laughs> let's get him on. All right, Western Conference time. You mentioned the sweep before of your Phoenix Suns. Go into that series and what you took away from it. Um, the Suns are just incredible. DeAndre Ayton's playing out of his mind. This is CP3's team. I think he's easily going to get out of the, the Obviously, the sweep and the Jazz series going deep is uh, two huge things for him getting out of the COVID protocol. He'll be just fine with that. He's the president of the Players Association. He'll, he'll be back. I'm not worried about that at all. Plus, he's vaccinated. I don't get this whole thing. Um, what he did, and we'll never know. So I'm not going to sit here and speculate on it. Um, but this team, man, every single player just seems to be playing their best basketball at the same time. Aiton looks like the number one overall pick of two years ago, or th- what was it, three years ago? I don't know, something like that. Yeah, the 2018 draft, yep. Um, I mean, Booker is just, he just signed up for the Olympic team as well. Um, he is amazing i i told you booker i bounced back and forth between Kyrie and booker as my favorite player i've cemented booker as my favorite player right now in the league he has taken on a little bit of chris paul as well um playmaking a little bit more bitching a little bit more which sometimes i like there's a little more chippiness to this team they've taken on their leader and the guy that's most important for me who could have been a sixer my friend and they really could have used him mikhail bridges is fucking amazing he really is. The supporting cast has been amazing. Chris Paul is finally Monty the Williams, conductor. great coach. Yep, Chris Paul is finally the conductor of the orchestra he's wanted his whole career. This uh, is his team, got, man. He was built for this. Team. And you just think, you think about all these like sliding door NBA situations, and I know Simmons and Rosillo mentioned it on their podcast, and I think you and I have talked about it either on the air or off the air during the course of the season, but. How different would Milwaukee be if Chris Paul, instead of Drew Holiday, was on that team? Well, they'd have a lot more picks. They'd have a lot more picks, that's for one. And, and yeah, I mean, I mean, Simmons said it on his podcast as well as Rosillo. James Harden wouldn't have, if Chris Paul was going up against him instead of Drew Holiday, James Harden wouldn't, his hamstring would have been removed. Yes. Like, Chris Paul would have pulled it out of his body at this point. He would have yep. gone after him every single play. And that alone says it right there. The basketball IQ is just off the charts. He is in complete, full control of everything. The point God is here, and he is he's going to win a chip. I'm saying it. He might. He might. I mean, this is right now. Lining up like roses he, for him. As long as he's cleared from COVID protocol by the time that the Western Conference Finals start, which I'll I believe you, will be Tuesday or Wednesday, I'll bet, I'll bet you, you he will any too. amount of money he's back. I, I believe so too. Um, and it's going to come across Monday. League has concluded investigation. Chris Paul cleared to play. Yep, I'm sure. And to be honest, I love seeing this version of Chris Paul more than I've loved any other version of Chris Paul, and I have been. I have not gone against him as far as referring to him as one of the greats. He is one of the greats. We just made I've fun just of the, that he's the point, not, God. He's not a top 10 guy ever to me yet. And you can give all top 10 point guard. 
and I know that sounds crazy, but we can't just be prisoners of the moment. We can't forget about the choke jobs he had with with um with the with the Clippers. We can't forget about some of the zeros he had, and we can play all these games of well, if he didn't get hurt in the Golden State series, okay. Fine. The body of work is too big to have those debates. He's had games in big spots where he has just purely not shown up. Whereas a guy like Tony Parker, who might have half the skill set and stats of Chris Paul. I would take Tony Parker. If I had to win one game and you give me a point guard Oof. selection, I might take Tony Parker. I, I hope might. Chris Paul, I hope he shuts you up after this season. And you know what? I would love to see it because it's not a vendetta against him. I It's it's just, I dude, I need a little bit more because all those other top 10 point guards have won one or multiple championships, and he doesn't have one yet. And he I doesn't even have a yet. finals. He doesn't even bend to a final. And maybe you can say, okay, what was he supposed to do with some of those teams? And he did get hurt. Okay, well, then you're being an apologist. If KD doesn't get hurt in that Toronto series, Toronto never wins, and Kawhi doesn't have a second chip yet. And the way we look at Kawhi is different, right? Or maybe they do win. They're a team of destiny. It's too much nuance. It's too much room for subjectivity, and I'm not going to go down that road. All I know is Chris Paul's never been to a final, and he hasn't won one, and he needs to show up in these moments. And in this playoff run, he has been absolutely in complete control as you mentioned and dominant i couldn't agree with you more um i really think they're going to win the championship and i'm excited about that um as for denver because they got swept i think portland and denver just both were not great teams uh Jokic carried denver through that first round series porter looked very hurt in this series we don't have to talk much about it because they got swept Jokic, regular season MVP, but he really didn't have much around him to get the job done, and they were ran off the floor by Phoenix, a much better team, point blank period. Absolutely. The Aaron Gordon uh, experiment didn't really help all that much, did it? No, and Aaron Gordon is never going to be the player that you want him to be because he is he's good when the ball's in his hands and you're winning 22 games. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I wonder what he'd look like on a better team. Well, here you go. He, he I think he was in single digits uh, three out of the four games. So that did not work for me. Um, moving on to the other series, obviously a lot more interesting of a series, the Utah Jazz and the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, first of all, I think the biggest headline is Kawhi out – what did they say? Indefinitely? Uh, mm-hmm. Something like that? A long time? Yeah. Um, and listen, if Kawhi was playing, the Clippers would roll. I, I think that they're they're probably headed to the NBA Finals. He was on another level. He was in Oh, you control. just said the Suns are heading to the NBA Finals. I final. said if Kawhi was healthy. Okay. Do I need to play back the tape? No, I just you've you've loved the Phoenix Suns so much, and you were gushing. I figured that you would no, at least no, absolutely. Hold that for them if the Kawhi Suns are the Suns healthy. are going to the finals. I have them in the finals. I said if Kawhi was healthy, the way he was in control of okay. his game and the game in general, I think the Clippers roll to the finals just because he was getting forty in his sleep, guarding the other team's best player. He looked incredible, but now you have playoff PP. Yeah, uh, we'll say this just because you said before, if we're going to shit on guys, we also got to give them some props and vice versa. 
that was a hell of a game five performance he put up on the road in Utah the other night. Absolutely. Uh, I need to see more. I need to see him do it again. Donovan Mitchell looks to be playing hurt, gutting it out. Uh, Gobert has been great defensively. Um, he sucks on offense. I don't know what else to say. Um, and I, I, I don't even know who wins this series. Who do you have? I well, think I the Clippers games... win. Go ahead, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you there. But I think the Clippers win. Reggie Jackson had a big game in the last one. I think somebody on that team, I don't know who it is, of the Randos has a big game and the Clippers win along with, I think Playoff PP has another great game. And I'm not calling him Playoff P. I'm calling him Playoff PP. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he's earned that nickname. (laughs) It's not not Playoff Poopy yet, but it's coming. It's, it's there. I mean, like I get again, he played a great game five on the road. Well, right now they're getting their dicks kicked in at home in a what could be a winner winning game six uh, series winning game six. Um, Utah's up 83-64. All right. So, well, if I were to give you a prediction, then Utah wins. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're welcome. I'm, I, that's just me being a good teammate because I could have not that. said anything. Appreciate um, that. You know, this is tough for me even before I saw that score. I, I just – I think when you you boil down to these last few games, Utah has home court. I think a big reason why the Clippers were able to win game seven against Dallas was they had home court in game seven, even though no team prior to that game in the series had won a home game. But you got Kawhi there. Without Kawhi, you're asking Paul George to be a superstar – above superstars and he's just not that and the rest of the supporting cast is not all that good so if utah wins and hangs on tonight uh i think they'll win game seven at home even with a compromised donovan mitchell and i don't know if conley played tonight i knew he was a game time decision but i think they still are able to win and feed off that crazy energy with assholes in utah yeah bad guys down there all right, that wraps it up for the NBA. Um, you have your Nets going to the finals, by the way? Yeah, unless, you know, talk to me in 24 hours, I guess. If <laughs> they lose, then no. Um, it's it's a, it's a weird year because pretty much every team is compromised, and I think that's why Phoenix is in such a good spot because they're pretty much the only team – you know, assuming Chris Paul comes out of this protocol without any issues, uh, they're the only team that's really not hurt. Milwaukee, same thing, but we understand, as we talked about, their limitations. I think the Suns are probably purely the best team still around. Yes, sir, absolutely. Let's move on to some MLB. Talk about the third-place Yankees. Mm. You want to go or you want me to? <sighs> Honestly, and listen, I know they just swept Toronto, and they're back to above five hundred. They lost. I want you to start because you went to a game a little bit ago. Yeah, they lost an extra innings to the Red Sox. Um, Honestly, dude, and I was telling our secretary about this. The Yankees fucking suck. They fucking suck, and I've accepted it. I mean, they've got guys coming out of the bullpen. We talked about the bullpen over the last few years being their strength. I don't even know their fucking names. And and that's not even my biggest concern. We knew the starting pitching was going to falter a little bit, or at least we assumed, just because I know Kluber's proven, but he's an older guy. 
James, uh, how do you pronounce his name? Tith, Tith, Jameson. Jameson. What's Tyon. 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 There it is. I was going to call him Tatalian. I'm calling him Tatalian. Um, <laughs> Titty Boy. Shout out to Change. Um, nice. Fucking, he. He has never been proven. The Yankees yet again go for another Michael Pineda, unproven guy with good stuff. But the offense is just fucking dog shit. The only guys on this team that are producing, aside from Gary Sanchez over the last week, Will Smith, stop fucking texting me about Wilson Contreras because you and Sean are still in the camp that Acuna should not be on this team. And I'll tell you what, I would trade Stanton and Judge for just Acuna right now. <laughs> um, and to go but back to the Yankees, the only two guys that are consistently producing on this team can't consistently stay on the field, and that's Judge and Stanton. This team... I need a complete blow-up. They fucking suck. I'm sick and tired of seeing all these big bopping right-handed hitters that are supposed to hit a million home runs and hit none and strike out every single fucking time. And now they're batting the ball around the fucking infield on defense. And, like, all we have is fucking Garrett Cole and Chapman. And that's it. Well, I will say this, and let's be fair. They're not winning a lot, so it's not as magnifying as it would be if they were 20 games over 500 or in first place in the division. Aaron Judge has played the most games of anybody on this team. He's been great. And he's been great this year. He made a game-saving catch last night in Buffalo that robbed whomever, I think it was Biggio, of a three-run homer. It was. And then Stanton came up and hit a two-run bomb. Stanton has been... Just for this year, by the way, I mean, you're, we're still paying too much money for him. You had to make that trade. I would make that trade 10 out of 10 times. Blah, blah, blah. For uh, He's been as advertised at the plate this year when he's healthy. Judge and, Judge and Stanton have had, when they've played, incredible years. Yeah. Well, too good Stanton can't play the fucking field anymore. It's he can't play the field, and they don't play him. You know, you got Rugnet Odor playing not only playing second base damn near every day, but he's also in the game he hit third in Philly last week. This is my my diagnosis on the Yankees, right? They're just not a very fun team because they don't do things well. Sean, they're not a very good team. They lead the AL in outs made on the bases by a lot, and they lead the major leagues in errors. So if you're going to make yourself out on the bases and then you're going to throw the ball all over the place, that's a lot of opportunities for other teams to beat you. And and forget about just all the strikeouts. I I do I am very curious to see now that MLB has banned foreign substances and we need to talk about that and we will. It, it, the offense might go up a little bit here. But I mean, look at LeMahieu. He he's starting to heat up now, but He's been bad this year, and it sucks because this is a guy that we were begging them to resign, and we said just give him however many years and however much money he wants. We have to have him. He hasn't been good. Yeah. The first base position, we traded Mike Ford for a hundred, like a hundred thousand dollars yesterday to the Rays. I could. We could and, use I mean, another Mike that we traded, by the way. A left-handed bat that plays the outfield beautifully in San Francisco. Don't get me oh. started. I know, I know, and especially when you see Wandy Peralta give up the game tonight. Wandy um, Peralta fucking sucks, Sean. He's not He's not good. I, I'm with you. That's, well, the last time we spoke, you were defending him, and I'm glad you've decided to come that, over to my side. At the time, he was pitching well. At yeah, the time, well, he was pitching well. 
Well, he's, okay. So, he, so I was saying he pitched well when he was pitching well. I, and listen, I'm he you, sucks now when he's not pitching well. I agree with you. I understand. <laughs> I, I, I know that he didn't have any time left in the minor leagues. Fucking Brett Gardner, thank you for the championship. He's not Joe DiMaggio. Why is he still on this fucking team? Exactly. And we're not going to continue to go down that road, man. No, we, we can't. do that forever. Right. That was, was it. That was it. That was my last so time. Yeah, and, and but you're looking at a team where Brett Gardner, Rugnet Odor, and Mike Ford slash a combination of Chris Gittens, nice to see a new face, but still your career minor leaguer for a reason. He's and, trash. And Kyle Higashioka. Uh, these are guys like that have started, sure, but these are guys that are starting pretty much every day. I mean, Rugnet Odor, the, the Rangers are paying him like $24 million a year to not be there. He's I the mean, Yankees' starting second baseman, and he's batting third in some games. He should on it. Well, just um, honestly, don't refer to him as that anymore. Just talk. Just refer to him as Mendoza because he's always below that line. Oh, he's he's no, awful. No, dude, this team is. I, I I don't know why you're beating around the bush here, because I, I know you love the Yankees. This team's fucking terrible, dude. No, and, I, I'm. Because I'm trying to explain things about players and about the situation where it's not just as simple as they're terrible. We have to talk about why they're terrible. If they don't run themselves out of the bases, if they don't throw the ball all over the place, they're a better team than this. There's too much talent for them to be this bad. The 2016 Yankees made sense. Those were a bunch of old players that had well been past their expiration date. And it made sense why they all came down crashing and burning and they were still a slightly above 500 team. This team doesn't make sense. They've been in the ALCS two. The nucleus of this team has been in the ALCS two of the last five, four years. And they've been in the playoffs every single well, year. They honestly, should not be this bad. I think the bottom line is it, it's gotten to the point now where it's crossed over to the, to the point where they're being strangled by analytics. Because, you know, I was watching uh, the game before the one I went to. ESPN was basically making fun of how heavily the Yankees rely on analytics to the point where they were saying how the Red Sox, who are a far less talented team, run the bases. I think that they had, with runners on base, they had the highest percentage of runs scored and the Yankees had the lowest. And Cora will do a hit and run. Cora will fucking, you know, have guys tag up. Cora will lay down bunts. I mean, Aaron Boone, honestly, sometimes I want to call fucking 911 and have them check him for a fucking pulse in the dugout. Can I ask you a question? Who on this Yankee team is capable of doing some of those things? I mean... Honestly, who? Uh, tell me, who? if you can name off three players on this Yankee team that you would situationally hit and run with, trusting that they'll put the ball in play. All right, I'll, give you, the other I'll give you one example. I was watching a game. It might have been the game I was at with Michaela. I can't remember. But I said to her, Tyler Wade was on oh my God. first base. He was already on base. He wasn't at the plate, so fast. And Glaber Torres was at the plate, from what mm-hmm. I remember. And I said, I think there was one out. And I said, what they should do here, because Glaber doesn't strike out that often. That's not his issue. Uh, he struck out a lot this year, man. <laughs> but Glaber's a good contact hitter. Normally, but not this year. But what I said was, a good fucking manager here would hit and run. Because it opens up the, whichever guy is covering, it opens up the middle of the infield, right? Somewhere. 
It, it gives him a hole, gives him an opportunity to get some production going. And what happens? Gleyber Torres rolls over one, grounds into a double play. Like, that's just one of a million. But it, it's just like, it, it's to the point where it's like, dude, you're going to strike out now. And, and it's... Okay, but, he, but th- this is the issue. Because the other side of the argument is, two years ago, Gleyber Torres had 38 home runs. I understand that, but this is not... 2019, 2018. Okay, well, you're saying he's not a strikeout guy. The last year and 60 games last year, he's a strikeout guy. He strikes out a lot. But everybody's a strikeout guy on this team, and we don't do anything to but change that's the, it. That, but that's the thing, dude. Like, it's not... It, so to then, me, this is not an Aaron Boone problem. This is a poorly constructed baseball Exactly, team. which is why this entire team needs to be blown up, including yes. the general manager. Yes, but then, so, but then, don't sit here and tell me that this team doesn't fucking suck. Because I get it, this team. No, was, I'm telling you why they suck, though. Because it's not that they have bad players. Their, their play- players don't perform, and they're way too redundant. Well, okay, but when you tell me a player doesn't perform, it means he's bad. No, but it doesn't necessarily mean that because over the last few years they've been a playoff team or a division winning team. I get with that. These absolutely. Guys. Is but they Torres all suck. a bad baseball player? No, absolutely Carlos not. A bad but they but, but is Aaron Judge a bad baseball player. But they are terrible this year. Except for okay, Judge. Sure. Let me take that back. Except for Judge because he he's been a bright spot on a otherwise poo-poo team and obviously Stanton. Everybody else I would put in a fucking terrible category. Gleyber Torres, okay, but, fucking terrible. Uh, okay, but now you're asking, you're saying he's fucking terrible, but you're asking him to switch situationally hit. He's not going to do that because he can't. That's not the kind of player they're asking him to be, and that's not the kind of player he is at this point in his career. I, he's I, just not. But, I, but I'm, what I'm saying is, he grounded into a double play. He probably could have struck struck out. You're right. But you know what? If Tyler Wade stole there and they actually tried to do something when they have a dynamic player on the base. He bases, still hits the ball to short because he's trying to hit the ball out. It probably wouldn't have been a double play. I mean, that's one example. Tyler Wade probably would have gotten a second base and then maybe you get another guy up with a runner in scoring position. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, they're not even fucking trying. Like, but it's... It's station to station baseball, and you expect a guy to hit a home run. And outside of two guys but that's this year, how one this that's team is constructed. Tom, I These understand guys are not that meant to hit situationally. They're not designed to bunt guys over. There's nobody on the team that can do that. And if they can do that, you're telling an analytically heavy the most one that you're saying they were making fun of on the broadcast. I had it on mute because I couldn't listen to Vasquez and Arod. I was like, I'm not. I, I get it. Like that's the problem with this team. They okay, are so out so, of a lab. So here's the deal. Being that we're only in June, we're gonna sit through the rest of this season. The Yankees are gonna finish in third or fourth place, and then we blow it up. Because my point is, changes should be made now, and this team should become become more aggressive. But what you're saying is, this team isn't built that way. We can't do that. So then we're gonna sit through this. Not even mediocrity. They just suck. Even though they're 36 and 33, maybe they'll sneak into a second wild card spot. Maybe. It's not looking like it right now, and I don't think it's going to happen. And then at the end of the year, we have to completely blow up the team, which honestly, the way this team is run now, since RIP David Stern and RIP George Steinbrenner, <laughs> I had to get two dead people in there. This team is not run the way it used to be. If they run this shit back, bro, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, and, but. So this team's not making the playoffs. Let's just face facts. Right now, no. 
They're not, and they're not. But this is. But you're also problem. sitting here telling me that nothing is going to change. So if nothing's going to change, and we have a bunch of home run hitters that don't hit because, home runs, then Tom, we're not going to make the playoffs. Because Tom, I, I'm not looking at it from a fan perspective. I'm looking at it from how this team is built, and listening to people who know the organization inside out. And you know the organization inside out. In 2016, when they fucking sucked, they had an exit plan. They had guys on the expiration of their big time money contracts that were either going to be retired or leaving, or they had guys behind them in the minors who were ready to be playing. So it was easy to make that transition. You can't. Glaber Torres is 20. Three or 24 years old okay you don't know what position he plays you have luke voigt who's a very good player led the home led the league in home runs last year albeit only 60 games but i think he had 20 or 21 in 60 games that's yeah. a, that's a lot you had dj lemay for over the last two years who was brought in to be kind of a super utility guy over the last two years he's been one of the best players and probably an mvp of, of, i think second or third mvp candidate in the entire american league he hasn't played well where are you doing with him you signed him for six years you have Santon who's uh, obviously when we watch him play and he plays a lot, he's great, but the problem is he doesn't play a lot. You can't move that contract. No one's taking it. You're paying that money. You make moves for guys like Tyon. Kluber's hurt. He was dominating before. You have, I mean, there's just too many guys that are stuck on this team. This is They've made the bed with this team. Aaron Boone, as much as I want to shit on him, I don't fucking know what any difference is. I don't know what a manager for the New York Yankees is fucking supposed to do because he has not much flexibility. The fucking roster the other day, man, because Stanton couldn't play the goddamn outfield. So you only can pinch hit him and then take him out immediately is Kyle Higashioka and Tyler Wade. Okay, so when you're talking about other teams and their ability, look at the Tampa Bay Rays, bunch of switch hitters, bunch of guys that play multiple positions, infield and outfield. They have lefties and righties coming out of the bullpen. All we are is right-handed power-hitting strikeout guys. So if you're facing a team like Boston with their bullpen or the Rays with their bullpen, they're going to carve you up and fucking spit you out. This is the team the Yankees are. There's not really an out unless you do something, something unbelievably drastic and dramatic with some young players and say, okay, you know what, we'll sacrifice this, that, or the third. This is the New York Yankees. This is what the New York Yankees are. And what they'll say and what their analytics department will say and one of your sports fathers, Brian Cashman, will say, Fuck him. well, two of the last four years we've been in game, five, game six or seven of the ALCS. We've been in the playoffs the two other years. And two of those teams that we lost to went to the World Series or won it. And all we do is we build our team for the postseason, and this, they're going to say that the postseason is a crapshoot because, honestly, kind of it is. So they're designed to win more than 100 games in the regular season. Right now, a bunch of guys that have helped do that aren't doing that, and you can't move them. So I, I don't really know what you expect and what the quick fix is. Aaron Boone can only work with the personnel that he has. The personnel that he has are not guys that are going to bunt guys over or situationally hit, or any of that. They are going to swing for the fences, and they are going to try to bludgeon you. And if they don't, they're going to wrap into a shit ton of double plays, they're not going to score a lot of runs, and they're going to strike out a lot, and the brand of baseball is going to be incredibly painful to watch, and that's where we are. So they're not making the playoffs, and let's look forward to the Jets and the Giants season. Because I'm done watching the Yankees. I can't, i got to be honest, and I've been thinking about this a lot. I think baseball right now in general sucks, and the Yankees are the worst of it. I have to be honest with you. 
they're they are just playing uninspired, not good baseball. Like for me, baseball obviously I love first, and it was baseball, basketball. Then football came in, and it was football, or excuse me, it was baseball, basketball, football. Then it shifted to basketball, baseball, football. Then it was um, basketball, football, baseball. Now with golf involved. Basketball is fourth, and I don't know, tomorrow I could start watching F1 and baseball could be completely done. Or I could start watching soccer. Baseball fucking sucks, and the Yankees are at the front of the line. They're at the front of the line because the thing that you can say, and I'm I'm so sick and tired of being hearing about how Yankee fans are spoiled. You know what? We are spoiled because we spend a lot of money, and no, I don't think you need to go over $210 million to do it. But Yankee fans are spoiled. Of all the fans in New York sports, you expect that they're going to be in the playoffs every single year. Do you expect them to win the World Series every year? Not necessarily. It's hard to win a World Series, especially with this current format and some of the and some of the uh, parity in the game. But the fact that they're not even in contention for the playoffs right now, albeit still early, but it's a goddamn disgrace. I expect the Nets to have struggles. You expect the Knicks to have struggles. I expect the Giants to not be great, but hopefully better. You expect the same from the Jets. We're not big hockey guys. Islanders are in the Eastern Conference Finals right now. Rangers are going through a rebuild. We expect the Yankees and the New York Mets, honestly, are the much more fun team in town to root for right now. And better. They're a lot more fun, and they're a lot better. And Mets they're not in first place. with half the talent that the Yankees have. Not They don't even have half the players and, and guys like that. Fucking Billy McKinney, who they traded for off scrap heap from the Brewers is like hitting third or fourth in some of their lineups and he's hitting tanks so they are much more fun to watch they're kind of like the 2019 Yankees this is not a fun team to watch now we need to talk about the sticky substances and spider tack and all that shit Tom what's your stance on it they're getting rid of everything we saw glass now got hurt and he said that you know he blames not being able to have a grip on the ball as part of it Obviously, offense has been anemic this year. It's all strikeouts and home runs. I'm sure you have a good take on this because as of Monday, everyone is going to be outlawed from every substance, which I think is bullshit, but I want to hear your take first. I think it's bullshit. Um, listen, if it's if it's if you keep it legal, let the guys do what they want. Trevor Bauer like admitted to this like fucking two years ago. I think I talked to you about it. Um, on the podcast. Um, and I, I just think like, listen, I think you should just be, you should be able to regulate it. It's fucking like marijuana. You know what I mean? Like they, they check the, remember the George Brett game, the batteries are allowed to grip their shit. You know what I mean? Uh They, they make sure there's not too much pine tar on the bat. Aside from that, look at Manny Ramirez's fucking helmet, dude. Yeah, I know. Like that thing was disgusting. Like, why can't pitchers get a little bit more of a grip? I mean, I understand their spin rate is going up, but that's not just to the quote-unquote spider tack or whatever it's called. That's because they're getting more shoulder separation, and everybody's throwing 100 now because of all the analytics and the way that they're training. I don't think it has... I think it's probably like probably 15% because of the grip. That's more just being able to move pitches around and, and probably, you know, the rest off training. I think it's bullshit. I think that they should have put a rule in place where you're not allowed to, you know, it's the same thing as a pine tar. You can only have so, so much pine tar on your bat. Same thing with the, um, with the spider tack. And I also think it's, it, it's fucking stupid 
because they deadened the baseball because there was too many home runs and baseball was getting too offensive. So now you're going to fucking get, you're talking about moving back the mound or moving it down or, or moving it up or moving it down. Excuse me. And it's like, why don't we just fucking let the guys play baseball? How about that? It's such typical MLB right now, too, isn't it? Like middling in this whole thing in the middle of a baseball season after basically admitting that this is your number one concern. This is your number one fucking concern. Like, well, not only that, but just doing it after. Let's grow the game. Admitting that they changed the baseball. Like they bought Rawlings for however many millions upon hundreds of millions of dollars and have basically admitted that they wanted the ball change so that home runs, you know, pop outs weren't going out all the time. And now they're asking pitchers to change what they're doing in the middle of the season. Yeah, it's it's all just so asinine. And I mean, I think I've said it on the pod before. Maybe you've said it as well. But this just goes to show why Rob Manfred is the worst commissioner in all of sports. I mean, honestly, the the deceased David Stern would do a better job than him. R.I.P. And, and I mean, David Stern did a hell of a job. He grew the league to basically what it no, is. No, no, I'm not even saying that as a joke. Like, I, I mean it. Like, I, I think if you asked a, a a basketball guy to come in and, and change some of this shit, I mean, why don't we just anoint Theo Epstein now? Why is he working for Rob Manfred? Why doesn't he just take Rob Manfred's job? This is this is that's, despicable. That's what I'm saying. I mean, listen, the MLBs to improve. Bar quote the game recently the MLB's efforts to do that are detonating the baseball, eliminating the pitcher's ability to get a grip, and putting a runner on second base in extra innings and making baseball look like something that it's not. That that has been their ways to improve the game. With a labor, you know, with the current CBA done after this current season i i you could not have outlined that any better uh, i agree with everything that you said um my stance too is that how is there not nuance and subjectivity when it comes to the quote-unquote foreign substances if there's things that help pitchers get better grip so that they're not hitting guys in the head with 102 mile an hour fastballs because everyone throws I mean, one. it's not like they're pulling out you know it's the 70s and, and the guy's got a nail file in his back pocket you know no, but I mean the investi- The reason that they're overreacting is because there's been a lot of investigation into some of the best pitchers that have taken obviously something too far. Because in the last CBA, there was talks about it, and the hitter, even some of the, a lot of the hitters and position players, are like, no, like we we want them to be able to control the ball. Like we don't want situations where they don't know where the ball's going because they're gripping it on a day where they're sweating or it's freezing cold and they can't get a grip and now it's coming in and hitting us. Like we want them to be able to hold it. But of course you have guys and Garrett Cole has kind of been the focal point of this. Verlander's been mentioned too, uh, Bauer for sure that they've just, Hey, like you give an inch and you take a mile of, okay, how do we make this even better? So yeah, sure. We're controlling the ball, but we're controlling the ball so fucking good that you can't hit it. And that is what we've seen a lot of this year. I mean, what was it? Fucking five, no hitters already this year. Uh, but I gotta be and, honest, dude. I, I think that has more to do with the debt in baseball than it even does the grip. I mean, listen, strikeout rates have been through the roof, but I think that's more just the Josh Donaldson approach of just trying to hit a home run every time. But I mean, if I went back to watch those those no hitters, I bet you there was at least a few can of corns that probably would have gone out for a home run a few a few years ago. 
very good point. I'm sure there were. You have to look back on it, but I think every game we see. I'll get my secretary on that too. He is going to be a busy boy. (laughs) Oh, he's got a full weekend. But yeah, over the last few years, you're kind of conditioned to seeing the ball go out. Obviously, the shift alters things too because balls that were always considered base hits are are now not hits and um it's a it's a weird state that the game is in but obviously it was typical MLB to not just say hey like you know you hear Pritchard say all the time like the sunscreen and rosin or sunscreen and pine tar or whatever the combo is is a really good way to like be able on a hot day to like be able to control the baseball a little bit better and it's like, nope, you can't even do that. You're just going to throw the ball purely. You know how many guys that have come up through the minor leagues over the last few years or have been conditioned and become good established major league pitchers have never thrown the ball organically, maybe since they were in like high school? Like, you're asking them to do things that they straight up haven't done. And I don't care how silly it sounds to non baseball just... consumers. It's if you're listening to this podcast, you know about our encyclopedic level of baseball. This is fucked up. And to do it in the middle of a season, give them basically no warning. And now, just to try to save your own ass for changing the entire, you know, uh, chemistry of the baseball, get the fuck out of here. I mean, there's, like you said, there's nuances in every single sport. You know what I mean? Like, in basketball, like, imagine they started uh, calling fouls on every single play to the book, the way the MLB's trying to do this, this fucking grip thing. You know, that Rudy Gobert would foul out of the game offensively and defensively within the first three minutes of a fucking game because of all the illegal <laughs> yep. screens he sets. But, you know what I mean? Then how many free throws, how many illegal free throws would Giannis have taken in this series alone? There, oh, he wouldn't be able to shoot. <laughs> exactly. I mean, oh my fucking God. What the about this? Be... What if they just got rid of the corner three at, like, the All-Star break? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's that drastic just because that's taking, like, a legitimate play out of the game. But I, I hear what you're saying because Okay, what if like, right before the season they said we're taking the corner three out? Because that's basically what they did last year with the Ghost Runner on second. Yeah, yeah. that The Ghost Runner sucks. That might be my least favorite. That's awful. Just seeing it at the, the game I went to that went to extras. Um, because honestly, I'm not even excited for extra innings anymore. You know, you're always, they always call it free baseball, this, that, and the third. Now it's like, I got to go see this guy run out there that doesn't even deserve to be out there. Right. Like, uh, I'm with you. He, he, he got out the last inning, so he gets to go stand on second base. And if the, and if, you know, somebody knocks him in, he gets to celebrate like what? I know. It, it, it takes away the purity of everything that we've known. Dude, baseball sucks. Baseball fucking sucks. And it really sucks. does. No, I together. I know, I know. I, I listen. You've got a lot going on. You got Michaela. You got work. I moved down here. I we we have the MLB package. I watch the the Yanks when I can. Bro, I was watching the Nets game five the other night, and my dad was texting me watching some of the Yanks. He's like, Frazier just hit a go ahead double, and I'm I I can't believe I felt this way. I was annoyed that he texted me that. I was <laughs> you like, didn't I don't care. care. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. I'm like if, I. The Nets, as I've always said, you can make fun of my fandom all all you want. The Nets are my fourth favorite team. Not anymore. But when they're playing a playoff game and the Yankees aren't playing well and baseball is in a state of complete, you know, chaos. I'm sorry. 
it is really hard for me right now to think how I can convince someone who doesn't love baseball exactly. to really like Because I was about to go back to that because, you know what, as much as I sit here and bitch and I'm a little heated about this and whatever, you know I'm – if if there's no good golf tournament on and there's no good basketball on and there's no good football on, you know I'm going to watch the Yankees and you know I'm going to root for the Yankees and you know I'm going to know what's going on. But to convince somebody that doesn't really care, like my my best friend, every year he's a massive football fan. He, he could come on this pod and talk football with us and keep up. Um, he tries to get into baseball every year. I, I, I can't blame the guy for never being able to get into it. It's fucking terrible. It's terrible now. I mean, it's a hard game to get into anyway because of how much goes into it and the specificity. But at least you used to be able to sell. Think of this concept, Tom. You could sell people on action. Yeah. Hey, look, like a runner on second base and one out, and what they're going to do is they're going to lay down a bunt. Or, hey, you see how this guy's choking up on his bat? He's going to put the ball in play. And every every batter is hitting at least 300, and they're they're putting the ball in play or they're situational outs. And, wow, did you see how unselfish he was? There was a runner on third. All he had to do was hit the ball to the right side, and a run would score. And that's exciting. We put the ball in the, a home run now. Is not really cool. Everyone does it. A strikeout, a 14 strikeout game, even by the best pitchers. I'm like, I kind of fucking expect it. And then when you see guys who really aren't even that good coming in with like 4.6 ERAs, throwing a 12 strikeout, two walk game, and the opposing team has put the ball in play four times, like, and they were lazy pop outs or ground outs. I'm like, you please try to tell me how this is exciting. It gets worse every time we talk about it, and I don't see it getting any better. Um, and that's just the bottom line. With you. Uh, you ready you know what to is talk? exciting? Go for it. I was it. just going to say, what is exciting is the U.S. Open right now. The U.S. Open is exciting. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get on here before, so I wasn't able to give my foursome. I have a few announcements to make. Um but I did play some bets before it started, so I will give you those kind of as my foursome. I have I've gotten rid of a few players in my foursome because it became a sevensome. Um, and I'm just knocking it down to the four. I've booted a few guys. Um, at one point, it was Brooks Kepka, Tony Finau, Tommy Fleetwood, Max Homa, Scotty Scheffler, and Zach Blair. I'm booting Zach Blair. Because he is not playing professional golf right now. Still a big fan, but he's just, he's not cut out for the foursome. Tommy Fleetwood, you're out. It's a Ryder Cup year. I'm obviously going to roll with the USA. Fuck the Europeans. Fuck you, Tommy Fleetwood. <laughs> you are out. And then my final guy is Scotty Scheffler. Sorry, Scotty, like you. I'm going to root for you, but there's no room for you in here. So now I'm down to Brooks, Max. Tony because he's my fucking ride or die and someday he's going to win and it's going to feel honestly if Tony Finau wins it may feel better than the Yankees winning a World Series for me honestly yeah yeah fuck the Yankees they're out too Um, and then my fourth guy being um, who did I say so far Brooks Tony Max who's my fourth I don't remember I don't remember either. I know you said Scheffler get out. Yeah, I, I oh oh excuse me, Will Zalatoris is my fourth. Yeah, I was never gonna remember that. Um, 
Yeah, well, he's... I love him. I'm in love with him. Um, oh. Yeah, I said it. Um, yeah, the leaderboard's looking interesting. Bubba's in there. Rom, who... Uh, that was a big story from the Memorial. Rom um, was, like, minus 16. I believe he was, like, minus 7 on the day. And the Memorial... Um, Mirfield Village is like a, apparently a really tough course to play. He won it last year, had to withdraw. After walking off the 18th hole, they walked over and said that he got COVID for the second time. I I'm sorry. That. I don't that feel bad. Crazy. Why don't you get vaccinated? Um, but he is very much in contention. He well, is hold minus on. Chris three. Paul was, got vaccinated and he got COVID too. No, he didn't get COVID. Chris Paul is in the COVID protocol because he has contact. Okay, I thought he actually got no, no, it no, 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 and that's a different league. Still- that's a different league with different standards. But yes, you can still get COVID even if you had the vaccine. I believe that happened in Glaber, mm-hmm. but the, but the chances of it happening are extremely low. Um, and to, and uh, and John Rom was not vaccinated, so I don't know if you want to take me to court on this one, but I don't think you want to be a lawyer against me, Sean. Um, I'd be fine. Xander, okay, Xander Shoffley is in there. Um, he's one of my bets. Brooks, Brooks, Brooks is even. So we're there. Oh, DeChambeau is even too. We are getting into it here. Obviously, this is out of Torrey Pines. Um, big ballpark, thick, rough. Not my favorite course in the world, although I'd, uh, I'd kill somebody to play it. Coverage has been <laughs> brutal. Brutal, by the way. I have to. I already Who's think doing God, it this week? NBC's doing it. I, I thank God I already had the Peacock app. But the fact that I got to watch, you know, the early morning coverage on the Peacock or the cock, as I like to call it. <laughs> um, and then it switches over to the golf to Golf Channel, which fine. I have the Xfinity Stream app. I'm giving Peacock. I'm giving NBC and Comcast a lot of free plugs here. Um, and then it switches over to NBC. Too much bullshit. Honestly, it's a fucking U.S. Open. It's a major championship. I know that Simone Biles and her and her team are trying to qualify for the Olympics. Why don't you put that on the Olympic channel? When the Olympics are on, I'll watch the fucking Olympics. But this is a major, okay? It's it's yeah, unfucking believable. Um, I like that rant. With that being said, let me give you my foursome real quick before we move on to our final thing, which I actually asked you to talk about today. Surprise, surprise to everyone. Whoa. Um, let me pull up the guys that I bet on this week. These are my picks. This one was a spiteful pick, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to be out if he lost, and that's Bryson DeChambeau. I picked Xander Shoffley. I bet on him. Brooks Kepka. I picked. Victor Hovland, Will Zalatoris, and I rolled with Tony because I don't want to be the one time that he he will get a win. And the one time that he does, I don't want to not have money in my pocket for it. You know what I mean? I got you. I'll keep taking small losses to get that one big W. I respect it. I mean, the consistency is there. I mean, he's your boy. You're now putting him up as higher than a Yankee championship. Um, Then you got to fucking ride with him, man. Yeah, I, I really do. Um, all right, let's 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 move on and talk a little college football here quickly. Um, now, is this set in stone? Not yet, but, but it's, it's getting gonna... close. Okay. So the college football playoff, they must have listened to us, um, has decided to expand it. Surprise, surprise. These guys are not student athletes, by the way. They're athletes and 
everything about college football is about money. I don't give a fuck yeah. what anybody says. They are right up there with the Olympic Committee and FIFA for being the most corrupt organizations in all of sports in the world. With that being said, they are going to expand it apparently to 12 teams. You and I were clamoring for eight. I thought Mm -hmm. the Power Five conferences get an automatic bid. You throw three in there. Now we're going to have 12. You're going to have some bye weeks in there. Um, My only thought is, is this is fun. It is a lot more interesting. Give some teams a little bit more hope, but I'm talking to UCF. I'm talking to Coastal Carolina. I'm talking to Cincinnati. Um, Don't come crying to me when you lose in your game 45-3 to against Florida, who was the fourth SEC team or the third SEC team to make it. Because you guys had your shot. And you got your shit pushed in. It's going to happen. Absolutely. It's going to happen. And, I, and, and yeah, we, we asked for eight because I, I like the format. I like of that number. Automatics. I like that number. And I also like being able to get every power five in there. If you win your conference championship game, you deserve to be in. Uh, and if you have a conference that has an all out winner, but the other team is still like a top five or six ranked team in the country you know let the committee vote on getting them into yeah to me this is just uh, it, it it just makes the process longer i mean if, i've been saying it since for the four why notre dame keeps getting voted in because it's a money grab you get the notre dame brand in a college football playoff the numbers are going to be through the fucking roof because there's a lot of boomers out there that remember notre dame being good us millennials and the younger generations never recall them being all that good. They don't even know. They hear Joe Montana, and maybe they'll look him up on YouTube and see what he did for the 49ers. They have no fucking idea that he played at Notre Dame. Okay? So, Rudy, a movie, don't really know <laughs> if anybody knows what the fuck that movie is. And by the way, that guy was a walk-on. This team is doesn't belong anywhere in the category of the Clemsons and the Alabamas and the Floridas. Georgia. And the Ohio States and teams like that. Georgia's. Like, hey, come on. Give me a fucking break here, man. So we're going to get the same thing. You want 12? Great. We'll get 12. So what, the first two teams will get buys and you seed it that way. And then Which is interesting down. because it's funny. The You almost don't want to be the two best teams because the rest of the teams that are in the top, that, that are top seeds, are going to get a home playoff bowl game at their stadium i just don't think it matters i think no it's no, no. i don't think it, i don't think game. i don't think it matters either from a from a winning standpoint like if you're alabama you want to get that bye week you want to get the rest of course but think about the amount of money that you're going to get for you to be able right. to have an extra game at your stadium that's a bowl game well that's that's the that was my point yeah if you're but then the other then the answer to that would be all right well we'll make all that money back and then some when we hoist the trophy yeah of course of course and and i think that's kind of where again where we're at is this will be a more natural way of getting the top four teams in where maybe a team like notre dame that would get voted in is the number four seed will get in and maybe they have a chance to be upset by uh university of florida because <laughs> florida's probably that. better 
Uh, and I would love that too. But at the end of the day, we're still going to get the four best teams, and then we're still going to get the two best teams. I don't think there's any roadblock as long as the two teams that we see currently are recruiting the way they are and have the players at the most important positions the way they are uh, get those players. We're going to get Clemson. Ba- we're going to get Clemson. Bama. We're going to get Ohio State. Bama. We're going to we're going to get that every single year. It doesn't matter. It's just a longer process to me. And great, you award these schools that weren't getting into the quote-unquote playoff, so now they're playing the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl, and instead of it just being that, it is the first round, but it's at wherever. You're, you're absolutely be, right from a I'm football. I'm going to be to see where some of those get where some of those teams get seeded, by the way, too. Mm-hmm. Like, are we gonna are we gonna get an undefeated? Coastal Carolina team with a home playoff game against a two-loss Ohio State team. Who's going to roll them? Because I think I know where the networks want that game being played. They want that in the horseshoe. Absolutely. And I feel like you're totally looking at it from a um, perspective of college football and competition, and I couldn't agree with you more. I think the best teams are going to win. Money is going to win over everything, and that's why they're doing this. If they could have fucking, I don't know, if they could have 50 teams in it, they could have 60, what is it, is it 64 now with the NCAA tournament? They would, but somebody would probably die on the field. I hate to say it, Um, (laughs) and that's why they can't, but it's just a money grab, and it's sickening to me, but you know what? As a a college football expert, um, someone that doesn't really watch it that much, but just... I'm like a sponge with it. It's just kind of an osmosis thing. Um, That's right. I, I'm excited for it, and I, and I'm not going to turn it down. No, I think it'll be good. I think it's an opportunity to get some matchups, and you'll get early. My point is, is I think it'll be fun to get some early upsets, right? Like I think it'll be fun to have that hypothetical. Okay, you in the old format would have been voted the fourth seed over yeah. a team that would have been out and just I just out. I can't wait to hear these fan bases what their excuse is going to be when you know you talk about these teams that have good years like Coastal or Cincinnati or UCF yeah. those are the last few that I can remember when they do get blown out and then they're like well you know the seating was just unfair we we should have played so and so and we would have beat them and it's just like oh fuck you college football is the, one of the very few sports I think you can equate it probably the most to the NBA Whereas if you have the most talent, you're going to win every time. It Absolutely. really doesn't matter. And the college football has do. the most delusional fans, probably because it's a southern sport, and most of those people aren't that bright. <laughs> well, there's that. But I hope nobody listens a... to us in the south. Hey, and I'm part of that now. Um, <laughs> although I'm more southwest. I'm oh, not really please, like okay. But no, you you get it, right? But like, yeah, like you have like a fan base here, like the University of Texas. By the way, went to a UT playoff baseball game last weekend. Wow. Really cool. The stadium's dope. Um, they won on a walk-off against uh, oh, wow. South Florida. That's fun. It was a lot of fun, man. Um, and it was into it. was the first college baseball game I've been to. Um, Road to Omaha. Road to Omaha. Um, so it was awesome. My buddy like won like tickets in a lottery, and we just went, and it was it was a lot of fun. But um, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, University of Texas, for example, right? Like they 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 have a very rich football history, but really aren't known for doing shit other than the Vince Young run in two thousand five, and then getting blown out in the first of uh, Nick Saban's Alabama run, Colt McCoy, in two thousand nine with Colt McCoy. 
But that's a team that's like, you know, they they run. They got Steve Sarkeesian now as their head coach. And they're going to run. They're going to think that they're deserving of all this shit. I think Michigan's another great example. What the fuck has Michigan done in the last 20 years? Nothing. But they got Harbaugh. They think they're deserving. They're just so they, tradition. Those are two tradition. Those are programs. two traditions. But so is Notre Dame. So my oh, point yeah. is, is if you get a undefeated UCF team in the American Athletic Conference against a two-loss Michigan team and they're still going to use the same arguments, strength of schedule, RPI, all these things. All, who, who was, how many teams in the Big Ten did you lose to? How did you lose to them? How many of those teams are also in qualifying for the top 12 seed? Okay, you won the American Athletic against a team that the next best team probably would have finished 31st in the country. Okay, yeah, we're going to play this game in Ann Arbor at the big house. Well, what the fuck? How is that fair? Well, it's the money. It's you want that game in money, Michigan? Bro. You want that game in Michigan. So then those fans will complain. So like, you know, Texas that might be a far worse team than UCF or Boise State or Cincinnati will get the game in our we'll, we'll get the game in Austin. Absolutely. Uh, it's just a, such a fucking cesspool. Um, you know, I hate the NCAA. But whatever. Um, I'm happy to see that there's going to be more games. Yeah, me too. And you, you and put to be the honest, it makes me feel like it. it makes me feel like a, a few of these regular season games for lesser teams that are on ESPN one, two, three, four, and ten, and whatever <laughs> actually Ocho. actually matter a little bit. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, it's, it's not nice. like it, the games that matter every week is like. Probably the top half of the SEC games, mm-hmm. top half of the ACC games, top half of the Big Ten games, and one Big Twelve game, and that's it. I'm, uh, it well, and you know what? The conference you didn't mention that Pac. I think this was really fucking done for. Yeah. Pac twelve, of course. Yeah, conference yeah. of champions. We haven't had a Pac twelve team in the college football playoffs since its third year when Washington Oregon. lost to Alabama. Wasn't Oregon in it one year? Oregon lost to Ohio were, State, didn't they? In the inaugural year, maybe? Yes, that's what I'm saying since then. Oh, I forgot Washington was in there. Washington, the... Uh, Isn't Washington a two-time national champion? I think so, or at least Rose Bowl titles. I think but, yeah, a national Chris, champion. Peterson's team uh, lost to Alabama on that New Year's Eve year, whereas the final four on New Year's Eve. Um, I think that was, yeah, that was the fir- that was the second of the no it was the first of the Alabama Clemson games first or second but either way like the Pac-12 hasn't been even relevant in this for the last few years so they're saying we got our two national titles Jesus Christ I'm a college football expert 1960 and 1991 there you go yeah you you were you were looking up both of them, and you remember those teams well. No, Unclaimed um, national titles, 1910, 1984, <laughs> 1990. What does that even mean? It's like those AP years where... Like, it's like UCF when the governor of Florida yeah. or whatever was like, we, right. we're national champions. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, but, dude, honestly, that's I think that more so than even the more teams and all that, I think it's to make sure that the Pac-12 gets one or two representatives so they can get home playoff games and possibly make a 
run. We're going to get one year if this format does go through and it starts, I don't know, next year or in two years, where you will occasionally get that team that makes that crazy run, like an NFL wildcard team. But in college football, the best teams with the most talent always win. And we'll get the two best teams playing again together, I don't know, 98% of the time. So is Bama ahead of the net in your rankings of favorite teams? No, it goes Yankees, Giants, UConn men's basketball, Nets, Bama. Okay, fair enough. I can't can't poo-poo that. For me, it goes Brooks Koepka, (laughs) Tony Finau, um, Max Homa, Will Zalatoris. Then it goes Jets, Knicks. Islanders, St. John's basketball, um, wherever Mike Gundy is coaching. Not Mike Gundy, excuse me. Um, who's my guy? Mike Leach. Mike Leach. So yeah. Mississippi well, you State. Put Mike Gundy there too. No, fuck Mike Gundy. <laughs> no, not after he wore that T-shirt. Um, Mike Leach. <laughs> nice. Wherever Mike Leach is coaching, we I believe is Mississippi State, and then the Yankees. Now, see, I know you're you're lying, but um. But yeah, the, 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 you know, you did a good job there. I mean, you kept going. Um, I might, I might actually put the um, the Ferrari F one team ahead of the Yankees as well. <laughs> Dude, so down here, F one is like massive, and the in October it goes like the first two weeks of ACL, and then the third week of October is the giant F one race, and like you cannot get tickets down here either of those three weeks. So I would recommend you come in September. <laughs> or November. <laughs> I think I'll do November. I'd like to play a little golf down there while it's still warm. Yeah, it'll it'll be nice too. It'll be probably more like seventies down here as opposed to like every day right now. It was funny. Every day right now is like ninety eight, ninety seven with like a heat index of like one ten. So it's pretty fucking brutal. Like even at like like right now, it's eleven thirty five my time. It's ninety degrees outside. And I said that, and I and I was like mentioning that to somebody. It's like, yeah, I guess I, you know, I'm finally getting what I came for. And they're like, oh no, 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 wait till July and August. Like, it'll be 96 at midnight and <laughs> 104 with a heat index of 120 every afternoon. I'm like, oh, nice. Right. <laughs> so you wouldn't be able to hit the links. It's too damn hot. Uh, no, nah, man. I, I've played golf in 100-degree weather, and I've played golf in 20-degree weather. I can't be stopped. I mean, I, I give you a lot of credit. That that coffee that turned into, like, a brick when you were drinking it, playing out on the links that cold day. <laughs> Listen, uh, if you got to hook ice, up an IV to the cart, I'll do it. That iced coffee would just turn into, like, just a regular hot drip coffee by the time <laughs> you hit the course. That's for sure. Well, you got anything else going on? You watching any good shows? What are you doing, bro? Yeah, man. Honestly, everything's good here. Uh, you know, fully vaccinated now and have been for a few weeks, so good. it feels good. And um, bad reaction to it or what? No, honestly, I felt great. Um, good to hear. A little bit of arm soreness after the first, which was to be expected. Kind of the same the second time, but not much. And maybe I was just a little kind of out of it but i think sluggish. it's more just because it's just so fucking hot here um, yeah i think it was probably more of that but no it felt good feels good to be living life been checking out some new places building up my client business down here there you go. um so work is good 
obviously been dialed in on the Nets playoff run. I hope that doesn't end tomorrow, but if it does, you know, there's a lot of other things to do. Like, honestly, I was more upset that they lost last night because I was, like, making plans for tomorrow. I was like, well, looks like I'm doing another Saturday night at home because uh, <laughs> I have to watch Game 7 and not be called a fraud by my co-host and good friend Tom. But, yeah, everything <laughs> else is, is good here. Um, just, it's, it's amazing, you know, you obviously know being busy yourself that, when you're working full time again, how fast time goes by and oh, the weeks are weeks fly. just nuts. So it's days are long, but at. the weeks fly, man. Yeah, so that's honestly where I'm at. Um, but it's it's been fun. It's it definitely feel more settled here. So show wise, not much. I mean, like I said, I did that UT baseball game. That was a lot of fun. Um, some more concerts and shows are, are going on here, so I'm going to start doing some of that stuff. But yeah, it, it's it's really just in that work grind again for the first time, really since I've been here. So world's opened up. I'm busy and and, and life is good. So now you got to tell me about you. Not much, man. Work, school, a lot of golf as much as I can. Um, I played. A little bit yesterday with my cousin, um, I had a case of the shanks, which I've never had before. Um, playing tomorrow on Sunday, hopefully I work out the kinks because that did not feel good. Um, you know, just uh, I went to that Yankee game. I may be going again. I may be subjecting myself to this again next Wednesday. Um, I, I just want to say. Who are they is, playing? Um, I have no idea. To be honest, this is bad, uh, bad podcasting, but this is not by choice. If it was up to me, we wouldn't be going to the games, but the free tickets are back, by the way. Um, so we are going to take advantage of that. Um, and Michaela really wanted to go to the game. So I said, fine, they're playing Kansas city. So we might be able to see a W that day. Um, let's hope don't know who's pitching yet. Would love it to be a call night. Um, got invited to a Mets game by my other, um, co-host on DeGrom's pitching night, but I was a little busy, um, unfortunately, but yeah, I just been bouncing around playing golf, um, working school, you know, same old shit. All good up there in the tri-state. Yeah, man. Um, starting to get to the point, you probably saw it a little bit earlier than me cause you're down there, but to the point where, uh, it doesn't even seem like COVID exists anymore. Um, definitely traffic wise. Um, the last two Fridays ago, I was coming home from a job in Brooklyn on Friday. It took me four hours to get home. And today it took me, I want to say three and a quarter. So traffic's back. Uh, people, people I can confirm are back in the city. Um, let's see. I was in Brooklyn. Let me see if I have any good stories. I was in Brooklyn two weeks ago. Um, going to a job and somebody dropped drawers and took a shit right in front of my van in the middle of the street. Nice. The so city is back. Go baby. Brooklyn Nets, baby. Shit oh, in the street. <laughs> oh, stop it. You got your Knicks fan spitting on He did players. it right in front of Barclays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any little thing. I think, it was, I think it was Kyrie. Oh, I'm sure it was. <laughs> Such a bad guy, you know. You're you're going on. Everything's going well. You're you're 
pointing things out, and then you somehow have to make it personal against my team right now, and that's just not right. I cannot wait until they lose, although I think they're going to win, and I can just have this monkey off my back because you are my <laughs> enemy. And speaking of which, do you have any texts that you need me to decipher? No. Okay. Well, you let me know. If you ever need the text tone doctor to throw on the lab coat, and take a look. I can always do it. The office is always open. No, I appreciate that. Uh, I take all insurance. Ask, so might ask, might actually ask the secretary. I know now he has a busy weekend, but I might go to him. Oh, the secretary to read text tone? Yeah. The secretary's barely reading picture books. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't need the help. I'm, I'm all right in that regard. But I appreciate the offer, and I hope that that business for you, that other side business of your many is, is booming. Do you have any patients that are uh, consulting your, your expertise? Yeah, a lot of guys just being like, I texted this girl like four times in a row. I just don't understand why she won't reply. That's shocking. <laughs> I had a coworker, I had a coworker that used to do that. He you, told, like, you told that on the air. I mean, listen. That's, I just can't get over it, bro. I just No, because you know what? You can't make up that level of stupid. Yeah, I know. It's just, he'd be like, I, I don't understand. You know what? I'm just going to text her again. And I'd be, I'd be like, dude, come on, man. Are you fucking yeah. joking me? Yeah, no, it's not. It's just not smart. It's not smart. It's not smart and it's desperate. Well, the lack of social awareness and, and, and being able to pick up on social cues is is harder for others than it is for some. There's a lot of that out there, man, and I feel sorry for him. Yeah, I don't. I didn't like him. He tried to tell me that the Yankees should have been – this is when I knew he was a fucking idiot. He tried to <laughs> tell me that the Yankees should have been playing Higashioka over Sanchez every day. Oh, you just get rid of him. Yeah. No, it's it's over. Yeah. And his girlfriend broke up with him, so you know what? Good. Well. Nah, I take that back. I feel bad. Sure, but I will say that things probably worked out the way they should have. Yeah, you're right. Long story short, I'm doing okay. um, Good to hear. As far as your consulting. But nice to get your your, uh, sympathy in case there ever was any. But yeah, man, I'm glad that you're doing well. Right back at uh, you. Get you back down here. We'll get you down here for the first time, I should say, in the fall, and have a damn good time. But it was when are you coming back up here, dude? I'm probably not getting back up there this year. It's oh, a shame. Unless something changes, I don't think I can get. I don't think I can get back up there. Hey, new Just job. You gotta wait for. Everything. You gotta wait for that probation to be over. I hear you. Yeah, and I got my folks coming down oh, in good. October, and and uh, my brother will come down then too. So I, it sucks. I was trying to figure out when I possibly could, but it's already almost July, and I just don't think it's going to happen. But I'll try to do an early one. I think, even though it'll be winter time up there, I, I'd like to get up there. You know, maybe February or March next year. Okay, sounds good. And then you know, start trying to make at least two extended trips up there a year like like five to seven days twice a year there we go all right man well the world's opening back up yeah that's a good feeling all right man well great chatting it up with you we miss everybody listening but uh we're back for another one we're back for another one and don't worry everybody when we when we record we bring it every time absolutely all right well go nets for you go bucks for me (laughs) and go suns always 
goes on's always great way to end it and go tony fee now forever go tony fee now forever and come on brooksy let's go let's go all right man